With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series on Shakespeare and compliance. I recently saw the performance of King Lear with Glenda Jackson as the Mad King. It was a magnificent production, and if you have the chance to see it, I would certainly urge you to do so. The production had many interesting features and interpretations, which seemed to be great entrees into multiple compliance topics. The play was directed by Sam Gold, and it was scored by Philip Glass, but the star power was derived from Glenda Jackson as King Lear. It was a fabulous take on the story and one that will resonate directly to our turbulent times. Therefore, inspired by Octogenarian Jackson and her performance, I'm going to use this performance to take a deep dive into several compliance topics. These topics include innovation, engaging your audience, Lear's Fool, Clinda Jackson's different interpretation of Lear, and changing your focus in compliance. I know you will enjoy this podcast series, the special five-part series of Shakespeare and Compliance is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Engaging your audience. In this episode, I want to discuss the opening scene where Lear bids his daughters express the breadth and scope of their love for him. Lear has called a conference to divide his kingdom between his three daughters, Goneril, Regan, and Cordelia, his youngest, who is clearly his favorite. Goneril professes her love is more than words alone can convey, saying, a love that makes speech unable beyond all manner of so much I love you. Regan professes myself an enemy to all other joys, which is the most precious square of senses possesses. And I find I alone facilitate, felicitate in your dear highness's love. However, Cordelia refuses to play the flattering fool. Her father twice gives her the opportunity to redress this decision, but she holds firm, saying, Nothing, my lord. This leads to the break in the family, the death of the sisters, and the fullest scope of the tragedy. How do you engage your audience? How do you move forward in a way that allows the compliance practitioner to convey its information? I thought about that question in the context of the engagement that Lear had in the issue of regime change. Now, this is not Saddam Hussein regime change where the U.S. invades a country to throw out the old boss. This is a democratically elected, peaceful transfer of power. However, it now appears that regime change means that corruption investigations, which will impact not only the FCPA, but U.S. companies. In other words, how do you engage your company to prepare for regime change? As every compliance officer and practitioner needs to be aware of this new reality, I wanted to point out three recent regime changes and what they have meant. South Africa. South Africa did not elect 
a new political party, but the current ruling party, the African National Congress, forced out its former president, Jacob Zuma, and replaced him with a new president, Cyril Ramaphosa. The corruption in South Africa has been endemic with the Gupta family have engaged in one of the most outright forms of state capture seen in recent years, rivaling Jay Lowe in Malaysia. The new president created a commission of inquiry into state capture, corruption, and fraud in the public sector to investigate allegations the Gupta family illegally influenced political decisions to their advantage. The commission was impaneled in August 2018, was given a six-month term. However, in October, only two months into its work, the term was extended to 18 months. Malaysia. The alleged corruption of the former Prime Minister Najik Nabi, Razik Nabib was as stunning as it was blatant. Paired with Jay Lowe, he and his wife and immediate family used the country's sovereign wealth fund, 1MDB, as their collective personal piggy bank, literally stealing billions. Najib has pleaded not guilty to these charges of criminal breach, and at some point he may have to go to trial. It's unclear when. The first trial has been uh, indefinitely postponed. Several prominent companies have come to grief over their work with and for Najib and 1MDB. Goldman Sachs is the most public entity which is ensnared in the scandal, with the Malaysian government demanding $6 billion in reparations from the U.S. investment firm. However, they're not alone, as in addition to Goldman Sachs, there are at least two international accounting firms, KPMG and Deloitte, who are also in the crosshairs for their work with 1MDB. This also includes the UAE sovereign wealth funds that co-sign notes with uh, 1MDB and are now on the hook for them. Brazil. In 2018, Brazil elected a new president, Jair Bolsonaro who won a sweeping victory in Brazil's presidential election, defeating Fernando Hadid of the Workers' Party. His election was directly due to the corruption of the prior regime and the investigations which began with Operation Car Wash. It has now reached up to literally the highest levels of the current government uh, as well, with the current president's son under investigation. Yet even outside the original area of Operation Car Wash, Petrobras, Odebrecht, and all the rest, the country is still reeling from the scandal involving the deadly dam collapse, which recently occurred in southeastern Brazil. Vale is under investigation, as well as the inspection firms and other professionals around the failure of the mining dam that sat above a town that it wiped out. In January, it collapsed and unleashed a tidal wave of mud and waste that engulfed houses, businesses, and residents in its path. It killed at least 157 people, and unfortunately, another 182 are still missing. What do you need to do to look forward? Are you thinking about Brazil? Will the U.S. intervene militarily to affect regime change, or will the people of Brazil, excuse me, Venezuela, depose the current president, Nicolas Maduro? If Maduro falls, where do you think the new government will look to immediately rebuild the country's coffers? First, they will go after money stolen from the country by Maduro and his henchmen. Then they may go after all the companies who have done business with Maduro's regime and perhaps the most corrupt national oil company ever, Padavesa. There are U.S. law firms and lawyers who have already lined up suits claiming U.S. companies and individuals conspired with corrupt Padavesa officials to pilfer the company and the country. These civil suits are but a mere hint of what could happen under the new regime in Venezuela. The bottom line is that as a chief compliance officer, you need to engage your audience and prepare them for regime change. 
This is Tom Fox again. I hope you'll join me for the next four episodes of Shakespeare in Compliance. I know you will find them entertaining and hopefully useful in developing your own compliance practice. This special five-part podcast series on Shakespeare and Compliance is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.